I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Who's taking the lead tonight? I think you will. Yeah? So tonight we are finishing up our Jessica Chastain month. And we kind of went back and forth on what we were going to watch tonight. Uh-huh. Had some debate between the two of us. Do you remember what was originally planned? The original plan was to watch The Debt, which is a good movie. Uh-huh. And then the second plan was to watch The Zookeeper's Wife, which might be a good movie. We decided, nah, we've had too many good Jessica Chastain movies. We need to, we need some contrast. So let's choose a movie that looks like it's probably pretty bad. Yeah, so we picked the 2020 Netflix. Well, actually, I'm not sure if this was a direct to Netflix or what. But I, th- the, I think it was, but I don't think it was intended to be. Yeah. So we picked the 2020 film Ava. What are your first reactions to this movie, Nate? <sighs> I will say this is not as bad as I expected it to be from watching the trailer. Dude. It is pretty much what I expected mm. from watching the trailer, but it's not as bad as I expected it to be. How did this meet your expectations of the It's movie? not good. No, it's it's, it's not It's just kind of there. It's 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 a bunch of kind of clichés. Oh yeah, absolutely. together. It's it's not a movie that very much thought went into. Yeah. So, in this movie, Jessica Chastain is the star of the movie, the namesake of the movie, Ava, who is a professional assassin with 41 paid kills to her name, is, is what we learn. This also features John Malkovich, whose name in the movie is Duke. Is the who, uh, military man, Jessica Chastain's a veteran. Yeah. And was recruited by uh, John Malkovich to work for some kind of an assassin's guild. Yeah. And he's also a, kind of the mentor. Mentor and, for the guy who's currently running the Assassin's Guild. Well, even for Ava as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have Common, who plays Michael, a ex-boyfriend and... Ex-boyfriend of, of Ava. Ava and, and fiancé of Judy, who played is by played. Jess Wexler. Yeah. I principally know Jess Wexler from the Bob Byington film... Somebody up there likes me, where she plays the second husband or second wife of Keith Paulson's character. In real life, she is married to a man named Hamish Brocklebank. Yeah. This sounds like a freaking Harry Potter character. There is an entire podcast called uh, Who the Hell is Hamish? Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Not about him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gina Davis also is in this movie, uh, comprising a character named Bobby, who is Ava's mother. Not a really a likable character in this no. movie. Gina Davis is Gina Davis. You know, she fulfills her role, role well. Um, but like I said, not a likable character in this movie. Got Ian Griffard as an early assassination victim. Diana Silvers, who I know mostly from the movie Booksmart, uh-huh. plays the daughter of Colin Farrell, who's the other assassin character. And then... She was also in Space Farce and Glass. And then Joan Chen is in this. And I haven't seen a Joan Chen movie from past the early 90s. Yeah. I'm actually not sure I recognize Joan Chen off the top of my head. She was in The Last Emperor, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1987, of 1987. Uh-huh. And she was also on Twin Peaks. Okay. So those are the things I know her from. But it had been a really long time since I'd seen her in anything. Yeah. And then Colin Farrell is the other 
main protagonist in this, whose name is Simon. Well, antagonist. Antagonist, sorry. You're right, my bad. Antagonist in this, who is the current management of the assassin ring and puts into motion, you know, a big, big plot element of this film. So, Well, it's, ba- it's basically Jessica Chastain is on a mission that goes south because it was it was kind of sabotage they gave her some wrong information that would tip off people because she got a name wrong for part of her alibi or her her cover story yeah and this alerted uh the germans at the german embassy in saudi arabia that this woman isn't who she claims to be and resulted in a lot of deaths and it was done on purpose by colin farrell because of his concerns for Jessica Chastain on two fronts. One, she was formerly an alcoholic, and he was concerned she may have been relapsing. Because of a repeat of a behavior pattern. Yeah. yeah. And that behavior pattern, which is asking the assassination targets what they did. To be targeted. To be targeted. Yeah. Which Which was something like. she previously did while in the throes of addiction. Mm-hmm. So. This is a silly movie. Silly is one way to describe mm-hmm. it. Not probably what would have been top off of my head. Mm-hmm. I think we're giving anyone as much or more plot overview as they really need for this film. Can you think of any other essential plot elements? No, that's it. Um, so she goes back, after she kind of botches this thing, she goes back to Boston because her father's recently died, and she reconnects with her dysfunctional family and kind of tries to set some things right, but also kind of reverts to form and possibly sabotages some things well and makes or attempts to sabotage some things but also makes a mess of things uh, but it it's also while, makes amends on things but it's while she is trying to be with her family that one of the assassin rings is assigned to assassinate ava yeah he's evil french michael Schulwalter. yeah and of course that goes sideways she's able to defeat him duke goes and confronts simon but Simon outplays Duke and ultimately kills Duke and sends video of that to Ava. That's the best scene in the movie, is the fight between Colin Farrell and John Malkovich. That eventually works its way into a child's nursery, which I just thought was awesome. Yeah. I thought you were going to re- replay your joke for that. Instead of being John Malkovich. Oh, it was, it was beating John Malkovich. Yeah. yeah, kind of unfortunate to see John Malkovich die in that manner in a movie. Mm. But yeah, it was it was fine. It would just had a kinetic energy. It was more interesting than yeah. most of this movie. This movie is pretty boring. This movie has some some good action sequences. The fight at the end between Chastain. and yet it's still boring. And yet it's still boring. Yeah, yeah. So I was during some of my boredom. I was looking online, and I kind of skimmed uh, a segment from a review that Richard Roper made of this movie, where he talks about how it's not a good movie, but Jessica Chastain is is really delivering. You know, she's she's putting in a, a solid performance and. He said, this is a, a, char- a franchise-worthy character in a movie that doesn't deserve a sequel. Like, that captures it. Because she's good. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. And Malkovich is good. Oh, yeah. And I guess Colin Farrell's okay. I mean... But it's just not that interesting. I feel like you're not supposed to ever like Colin Farrell in his roles. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, he does his roles well. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, just, yeah, it was, it was okay. It's just there. The only other person we hadn't mentioned yet in this movie... Oh, no, we already did. Never mind. Diana Silvers. Yeah. 
this ends on a cliff note setting up potentially some sort of sequel with the closing shot with Diana Silvers, but who's who's following her name is Camille yeah. and is appears to be the assistant yeah. to Simon. Mm-hmm. And is following uh, Ava after Ava has just killed her father. Yeah. And they actually have kind of an interesting dynamic because she has like a five, six-year-old half-sibling, half-sister. We don't know the story about what happened to the mother, but obviously Colin Farrell is remarried. And we never see the, the new wife. No. Like the one time they reference her, she's in the shower. Yeah. But there's this weird dynamic there, this kind of love-hate thing. The, you know, some of the things that were most interesting in this movie were the things that it didn't bother to explore. Yeah. Like, I almost want to, to know how, you know, how did she get involved with this group? How did uh, John Malkovich get involved with it? Did he found it? And if so, how did Colin Farrell get in charge of it? Well, I assume that he passed it on as, you know, because he was getting older and that was like his retirement or something. I don't yeah. know. But that's, I mean... That's never explained. The backstory just seems more interesting than the movie. Also, the backstory that seems more interesting than this movie is there is a character in this movie. Let's see if we can find the actor real quick. Tony's Outdoor Guard. Is Bruce Bruce Robert Robert Serafin. Tony's Outdoor Guard. So, there is a gambling ring. Run by Tony, who's Joan Chen. Yeah. That Michael, played by Common, is going to, and that's part of his addiction cycle. And so Ava goes to go to this gambling parlor, and it's in an alley, and outside is Tony, the, the or not Tony. Tony's guard. Yeah, Tony's outdoor guard, who is sitting on a chair and with a walkie-talkie, you know, next to some porta-potties. And the porta-potties, of course, are the entrance to the, the gambling den. Tony's outdoor guard sounds like a product you would spray on the porta-potties to make them smell not so bad. Yeah. But in this movie, one of the comments that we made was that Tony is very familiar with Ava, but as the movie tells us, Ava has been away for eight years. It, uh, this was my one of my favorite, possibly my favorite, bad dialogue in this film is where she's having this conversation with Common, and uh, Common says, I asked you to marry me, then you stayed away for eight effing years. Mm-hmm. I, that's a no. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a no to that proposal. Yeah, apparently he didn't get that, and he hung around until he fell in love with her sister. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, when she comes back, Tony's outdoor guard recognizes her and is very familiar with her, and knows her, and all these types of things. Which means if she's been gone for eight years, as you pointed out, he's been working there in this spot in the alley as the outdoor guard for, for at like, least nine years. Yeah, because he had to be familiar enough with her. To recognize her after eight years by name. Mm. This movie would have been more entertaining if told from the perspective yeah. of Tony's outdoor guard. That would be, I mean, I want to know his story. Yeah. How did he end up in that position? I mean, that's not a really self-respecting position. How, and how did that place never get raided? Because I mean, Tony's outdoor guard was so Tony's good at his job. Because so good, but yeah. wouldn't you get suspicious of Tony's outdoor guard? It's like, who's this guy always sitting on the folding chair by the porta-potties? Well, he and really, how come I never get to use those porta-potties? He, he uh, needs the porta-potties so bad he never gets far enough away from them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if anyone comes, he just goes in a porta-potty. And the porta, one of the porta-potties is the secret entrance to the club. Yeah. Which we were talking about would have certain soundproofing insulation issues. 
Yeah. Well, they. I think that the space and the turns you have, the corners you have to go around to actually get into the den, oh, uh, okay. are supposed to be. Yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. But it seems insufficient, regardless. I did come up with a, a way to make this movie a more entertaining watch. Okay. Which is to think oh, yeah. of it as a sequel to Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Because we never get one of much of her backstory. You never know. You know, one thing that stood out to me in this, you know, one of the technical aspects that. I pay attention to in a movie like this is how they handle some of the weapons and things. Mm-hmm. She has very poor trigger discipline, and when she throws the flashbangs in the hotel in Riyadh, like she would have stunned herself with one of those stun mm-hmm. grenades. So just a couple flaw things there, but watching her handle firearms in this movie, you're like, yeah, now I understand why she doesn't handle firearms in more movies. No. Yeah, she wasn't very good at it. Mm-hmm. Although that one scene made her look reasonable why do you think she made this movie no idea it's a paycheck movie but and she doesn't seem like someone who's at a point in her career that she needs a paycheck well i think you kind of sometimes you, you do sometimes you're like you know i make this this arty movie that may not make very much money i think this was i'm a, just going to take a paycheck i think this was a strategic error i, I think it's also probably a bucket list i, I think star in an action movie i mean is there really after zero dark 30 well, this is a more conventional action movie. Well, she's more the, the action star in this movie. Yeah. But, I mean, let's look at this more objectively. Like, you're offered a movie op- with opposite John Malkovich and, John, oh, and yeah. Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. That's an action movie. That's, on paper, sounds like it would be a good idea. It could have just be, I want to work with John Malkovich. But, yeah, this was not a great movie. See, that's, a, that's another thing where I want to see the prequel. I want to see a movie with her working with John Malkovich on... You know, some, in the military some jobs. Or something. Yeah. yeah. How would you rate this movie? Poorly. Yeah. I'm going to give it, and I've gone back and forth between one and one and a half. The ending I kind of liked. Enough, I think, that I would push it up to one and a half, uh, and I'd give it three on the 10 star scale. Just a three, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're not far off. I think you're pretty accurate on the four star scale. I would probably give this four stars on the 10 star scale. You got to be really bad to get much lower than that from me. I the number that came to my mind, and I was joking about giving it was three point four. They like to to if we've been doing this for more than a year, and I finally it's super specific to decimal points on Ava. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I think that I rate this a little bit higher than you, that simply because it was slightly better than I expected based on the trailer. Hmm. So um, this has an on IMDb has an ag- aggregate score of five point four stars. I'm going to look and see if there's any box office. It's got info. a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 17%. Seems not Seems far off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this has a... There's no budget information given, but it says it had an opening weekend, and this was 2020, this was COVID, of $170,000 domestically. It had a domestic gross of four hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars That is not even enough money, the 179000 for Jessica Chastain to hide her family for several months while no. she takes care of loose ends. Well, it would have covered the 20000 in cash that she yeah. gave him. But not but the 500000 in the secret bank account. Well, the, the gross would have. The domestic gross. Well, the domestic gross. Yeah. yeah. The worldwide gross was $3.2 million. Yeah. So this evidently had a theatrical release and then probably was just sold for, to Netflix just to cover their costs. Yeah. Yeah, there's no budget I, given. I I would be shocked if this movie made its money back. 
I assume on the streaming rights that it probably did, and, and Netflix primed it for a little while. So, you know, this I, was a top Netflix view for a while. Yeah. So I assume that just based off of the Netflix purchase, that it probably made its money back. This was directed by a Tate Taylor and written by Matthew Newton. Are you familiar with either one of those people? I'm not. Tate Taylor was a producer on The Help, acted in Winter's Bone. So Tate Taylor appears to primarily be an actor. Based on some of his credits, like in Charmed having been applicant number three, has had an interesting acting career. He has directed some stuff. Interestingly, he has directed evidently some religious works. Some of the credits to his directorial credits are 1 Corinthians 3.13, Hebrews 9.15, Romans 8.30, John 3.3. They made way too many Hebrews movies. Yeah. 9.15, I mean, I kind of zoned out in the 700s. He also directed Ma from 2019 Mm. and The Girl on the Train. Oh, he was the director of Grace and Frankie, which was okay. And The Um, Help. Hmm. Which would explain the Octavia Spencer and Jessica Chastain connections. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's that helps explain why she maybe took this, but if he approached her after the help and said, hey, I've got an action... I made action... your career? Can you do a crappy action movie for Well, me? I've got an action movie opposite John Malkovich and Colin Farrell. Probably seems like a reasonable idea. Mm-hmm. So, you got much else to say on this one? No. It um, is what it is, and there's not if, much to it. Let's see if Bruce, Robert Sheriff, and has more credits. Oh, he was in The Surrogates? This oh, that's is not a writer. Oh, no, he's an actor. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is uh, the door guy. Yeah. Tony's out He was in guard. Spotlight. He was the security guard in Spotlight. That would be awesome if he just played security guards. He was in a movie called The Polka King mm-hmm. in 2017. So. Live by yeah. Night, which is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't have much else to add on this did, movie. Did you ever? Oh, yeah, four and one? Yeah. Well, one and a half. I'll go with you on that one. I'll go half stars on under two, but once we go above two, I don't generally want to give half stars. But yeah, I mean, this isn't... Yeah. We have watched worse movies than this. Yeah. Well, this leads us to uh, ranking the movies of Jessica Chastain. Yeah, how would you rank the four? I don't think there's much mystery about one and four. Four, obviously, was Ava, and one was Tree of Life. Two and three depending on when you ask me, could be either or. They're very close. But I would put a most violent year slightly ahead of Zero Dark Thirty. So for me, it's swap two and three. Zero Dark Thirty would be two for me. Hmm. A most violent year would be three. And then Ava, obviously, four. And, and you know what? You but say Tree that, of Life You say is... that, and I, I could flip it, yeah. as I said. It's like it could just as easily be... But Tree of Life the... easily is yeah. the number one in this mm-hmm. one. So... Which arguably is the movie that Jessica Chastain has the least to do in. Yeah. But it was the best movie we yeah, watched this it was, one. definitely. I suppose if you were raking it by her performance, then it's kind of a toss-up between Zero Dark Thirty and A Most Violent Year as, yeah. as number one. Mm-hmm. Though Tree of Life, you know, while it's a supporting role... She, her performance is still, yeah, she, is still she, great. Yeah, she accomplishes a lot with, with not a lot to do. Yeah. Anything else, Dad? It was a, it was a good month. It was a fun month. 
even trying to pull ourselves down at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Like we intentionally kind of went, well, this one probably won't be as good. Let's just watch it. <laughs> but even trying to pull it down, it was a fun month. So yeah. yeah. Do we want to give them a preview of next month? We could. So next month we're going to do good and bad Nicolas Cage movies. I want to call it Nicolas Cage, the good and the bad. That's right. So yeah, think of some of your favorite or at least favorite Nicolas Cage movies and we'll see if we hit them. So, I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Colin Farrell, I want to like Colin Farrell. Uh-huh. And yet, every movie I watch him in, I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't really like Colin Farrell. Yeah. Which I think is, like, the way you're supposed to feel about the people yeah. he portrays. But maybe at some point we'll have to do a Colin Farrell month, but I don't yeah. know that that would be a fun month. Mm-hmm. So... You got anything witty for... No. We don't have any outtakes yet. Boring. Yeah. Our outtakes are going to be you hitting the mic with the pen. Mm. I'm going to just... And, and, and <laughs> that's how you should play that. And then you should play that... You Play that, be hitting the mic with the pen. Then you saying the outtake will be hitting the mic with the pen. And then me continuing to talk about that just far too long. Or I'll just delete all of this. Yeah. Hold up. Look at this. I was doing all sorts of research on the fair use practice stuff mm-hmm. and what the exemptions are. Purpose and character of use, nature of the copyright work, amount and substantiality, and then effect upon works value. We have no effect upon the value of it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like.